So why do we exercise? Hi everyone and welcome to my podcast, Me, Myself and My Vagina. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking to Denise about her fitness journey. Um, hi Denise, thank you for being a guest. Hello, nice to be here. Um, so Denise trained as a midwife, you're now retired and after retirement then you trained as a personal trainer and now your interest lies with coaching. So if you just want to start by um, kind of talking about your own fitness journey that you've had. Okay, well, I think it's fair to say that I came into fitness fairly late on in life. I was one of those girls that bunked off PE at school. Um, and I did dabble, you know, going through my 20s and 30s. But it was only really when I had my second child in my late 30s that I, I, I returned to the gym. Um, for the next decade, I probably spent a lot of time in the gym, but didn't really achieve much. Um, done a lot of the same thing, expecting different results, and of course not receiving different results. It was very comfortable. Um, it was only in my early 50s where I, I was going to a gym near my work and um, this personal trainer approached me and asked me if I wanted a free session. Um, <laughs> Very naively, uh, I thought, well, you know, I don't need a personal trainer. I'm fit enough. Uh, but I did agree to this free session. And at the end of that free, se free session, um, it, 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 it was very clear to me that I wasn't fit at all. Um, and um, and I, uh, I wanted to be fit. So I signed up with her. Uh, and over the coming weeks, um, I got fitter, things got easier. Uh, and I noticed my, my um, shape was changing as well. Um, so, but it, you know, it was challenging. It was, it was, it was hard. You know, I, I recognized that I'd spent the last decade just faffing around in a gym and not achieving anything. Um, uh, the next step for me was joining a, a gym um, close to where I, I live and they were very focused on on progressive overload um, if they didn't think you were going fast fast enough they would encourage you to go faster if they didn't think that the weight you were picking up was challenging enough for you they would encourage you to pick up a heavier weight and uh, and it worked you know and you know my fitness just just soared really and I was getting stronger um, so much so that you know, it became a real passion. And I then trained, you know, I started looking at training to be a, a personal trainer. Uh, and I also did a further on qualification in adapting exercise for the older adult. So, you know, I had my own experience, but I also then had the research behind it, um, you know, to, to support older people. Um, and the big takeaway for me doing that um, qualification was that you know six, 50 60 70 year olds can all be doing exactly the same as what a 30 year old can do um, you know, if, if in the absence of disease or injury it's only really when you start getting into your 80s and 90s that frailty can start kicking in and things need to be modified um, so in a way you know I do exactly what any other gym goer does I may be a little bit slower now, um, but I'm certainly a lot stronger than many people that go to the gym. That's really, that's really interesting with age, because you think, um, 
at times you should be doing kind of more slower exercises there's a real push isn't it in society for like pilates or yoga i'm not saying that they're they're bad or anything but that with older uh, people in the gym that kind of seems to be their focus i feel like a lot of people maybe are put off by using weights at when they reach a certain age but i think you're right the benefit that it has i think there's such a misconception about it and a bit, a bit of a lack of education i suppose um and the fact that you should be doing the same as what like a 20 year old should be doing is I just don't think people realise that and realise how far they can actually push their bodies. I think there's a, a bit of a fear factor. Well, I think, you know, society does tell older people to slow down, you know, that somehow we're going to injure ourselves or do ourselves some damage or even age ourselves quicker. Uh, and, you know, the actual reverse is true. All the evidence supports that you know you need to be keep you need to keep moving you need to keep challenging your body you know and you know one of my favorite um, lines is um, is motion is lotion because you know you need to to move to challenge yourself to re re energize your body um, and you know all the evidence supports that so the things that I do now and I do do yoga you know because I think it's great for um, I think it's great for flexibility and for balance, you know, two things that, you know, can deteriorate with age. Um, but the, you know, two things I focus on are weight training and, uh, and high intensity exercise, because they're the things that have demonstrated that if you want to delay the processes of, you know, the process of aging or, or even reverse them, they're the two things that you should be doing. Yeah, so, you know, yes, mix it up, but, you know, I, you know, they, they are my two things that I focus on when I'm training. So how many times a week do you train yourself? Well, um, probably about, I mix it up, I, you know, because I do go for those slow, steady runs, you know, and I, um, probably five to six times a week. Um, but I probably should be resting that little bit more, you know. <laughs> Because as you get older, one of the things you do need is rest and recovery, you know, far more, you know, that's one of the things that changes far more than the 30 year old. And sometimes I know that I can, you know, push it too far and, and I'll get told off by my daughter for not uh, taking it. But, you know, you, know, you, just, you have to, you start to know what your body is, uh, can do. But, um, but two heavyweight sessions a week I do. Um, two um, high intensity sessions and then maybe a long you know a, a longer run um, which wouldn't be at a high intensity and then maybe a couple of other things you know just uh, how it goes. So now with your kind of experience that you have um, being the age you are do you kind of wish that you did start training earlier I know hindsight's a little bit of a, a good thing but it, was it kind of just like life just took over a little bit and it wasn't kind of uh, important to you as it is now or well yeah certainly wasn't as important uh, you know when I was younger than it is now it's extremely important for me now it's you know as I say it's a passion um, but I, you know I wish I wish that I had taken it up earlier you know I think one of the things that it really gives you is a sense of confidence you know and you know seeing how younger people are, you know can be full of you know, doubt um you know, being able to lift a heavy weight in the gym does give you a certain level of confidence. You know, I train with my daughter, you know, so she's doing the same things that I'm doing, you know, and I can see that, you know, she's very confident uh, in what she can do. Um, so, you know, so I think that's, 
that's really important. You know, we talk a lot about older people becoming invisible. You know, um, I don't feel invisible. I feel very confident. But also, you know, I look upon visibility as a superpower. You know, if I can go into the gym and, you know, do what I need to do without really, you know, then that's absolutely fine. Um, so I think it's the it's a level of confidence that exercise can give you. Um, I think I missed out on when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, and so wasting it now. So do you think if you're as a person, because obviously when you think personal trainer, you kind of think, um, I know I'm very stereotyping, but you kind of think someone in their early 20s, um, you know, that are quite fit themselves. Um, being an older personal trainer, I know you don't have many clients, but do you think that could be an advantage with people um, because of your life experience, because of your, um, they're maybe thinking you're more, feel that you, they're more able to uh, approach you because of that reason? I think, I think so. I don't, I mean, I don't necessarily, I don't, I mean, my, my personal trainer is, is half my age, you know, and she knows me very well. Um, you know, we've been training together for sort of nine, 10 years. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't sort of discount the younger trainer. No, no, yeah. If you're new, if you're coming into the gym for the first time, you know, there may be benefits of, of working with somebody that's of a similar age um, and, and have, may have similar life experiences. Um, but also in terms of, you know, what, you know, what the health issues are. Uh, I mean, I, I've got, uh, got a health issue. Uh, you know, I had open heart surgery a few years ago. Uh, my cardiologist uh, described my heart as not completely normal, uh, but I've got no restrictions on it. So, I, you know, he knows exactly what I do. You know, I'm very focused on making sure I keep my heart healthy. Um, you know, I think as a personal trainer that specialised in um, in adapting exercise for the older adult, you know, you do look in more in depth at those conditions that are, that can affect older people, um, but it doesn't mean that they can't exercise. Um, so I think, you, yeah, I don't think it's necessary, you know, to have an older PT if you're, you know, if you're older. But I think sometimes people might feel a bit more comfortable. And I'm so, I, you know, I'm aware of certain, you know, gym, uh, gym chains chains that are looking at uh, uh, employ, <coughs> employing older older PTs. That's interesting. Um, would there be any advice that you would give your younger self about health and fitness? Mm, interesting. Um, I, I mean, I, I, we all, you know, when we're young, we don't look after our health, do we? <laughs> You know, and I, you know, I'm as guilty as anyone uh, of being that young person that, you know, drunk too much, ate too much rubbish food and done other things, didn't exercise. Um, but, you know, it's an investment, you know. Um, and I think that's, that's I think, what I try and ingrain into, into my daughter that, you know, it is an investment. And that doesn't mean to say she can't go out enjoying herself. But, uh, you know, we're, you know we're, we're in this body for the long term. Uh, and we, we, we want to keep it functioning in the long term. So I think, you know, there's a certain amount of, I don't, I don't, maybe not being sensible, but be just being aware. Yeah. Uh, and if you can do anything to mitigate against the other things that you're doing, uh, like going to the gym, like, you know, lifting weights, like, you know, trying to eat as healthily as possible, like trying to de-stress. You know, there's a lot of stress in modern life, you know, and you, know, you spoke earlier about yoga and doing things like that can you know reduce that stress so yes so I think you know as I say we're, we're, we're in it for the long term 
Um, so we need to, you know, we need to look after what we're living in. Oh, that's, yeah, that's so true. And I think you do, I think when you're young, you're younger, you do take things for granted, don't you? And you don't really appreciate until those, uh, that moment where that it's taken away from you that you pretty much, because I mean, after you had your open heart surgery, how, how soon were you back to exercising again? Well, I mean, the, 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 the one great thing about having heart surgery, if there is one great thing, <laughs> is that, um, you know, you're offered cardiac rehab. You know, so as soon as you start to recover, you know, you're going back into the hospital to have sessions with the physio and starting exercise again. I then moved on to having sessions in the gym with um, a, a, a specialised personal trainer. Um, so they get you back into exercise, you know, really quickly, actually. They don't allow you to sit around for long. You know, your first, your first day after having, you know, surgery, you're up. You know, so it's, you know, it's, it's, it, you know, it's quite full on. Um, but I, I mean, I would just say that, you know, having that diagnosis of uh, have, uh, having a heart condition was a real wake up call for me because I just took my health for, for granted. Yes, I wanted to be fitter. Yes, I wanted to look better. But I just never imagined that I had something seriously wrong with me. Mm. And uh, it was an inconvenience. Um, and I did go through a process of bereavement, if you like, of grief, that I'd lost that. Um, but, you know, you come back stronger. You know, I don't take my health for granted anymore. Um, and I'm more grateful for what I've got. Um, whereas, yeah, before, as I said, I took things for granted. Mm. So it was a huge life-changing experience. Um, but I was back in the gym um, four months after I had the surgery in terms of getting yeah. back into weight training and doing classes. Uh, and that's something that really kept me going. Yeah. Getting back to that. So it was great, you know, returning to the gym. Yeah. So you're doing a big event, aren't you, in October, October November time? Yes, I'm doing High Rocks. So what's that? So it's an event that takes place all over the world, you know, and in a, a number of venues in uh, the UK. Um, so I'm taking, I'm doing it in the Excel Centre in London on the 19th of November. Uh, it's an indoor event um, and it's basically an indoor fitness race. Although, you know, I won't be racing anybody. The only, the only time I'm racing down is my own. Um, and it's, it's, built, it's, uh, it's eight rounds. Uh, each round commences with a one kilometre run. And then there's a series of upwork stations. And they are, you know, anything from a sled push, lunges, burpees, which I absolutely hate, uh, <laughs> you know, so a number of, of, of functional uh, fitness exercises. So, it's, you know, it's, so that's what I'm training for. Uh, I'm doing it with my daughter, um, hoping that she won't get annoyed with me when I come in an hour later after her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Yes, you know, I think it's great. The last time I actually trained for was back in 2017 when I was training to do a half marathon. Um, so this, you know, so this is the next big thing. So, yes, it's all very exciting. A lot of other people from my gym are doing it. Um, you know, yeah, just uh, exciting. So you're hoping oh, to get no, no. <laughs> Are you hoping to get into a certain time or are you just wanting well, to finish got... or...? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at a certain time, but, you know, I just want to finish. You know, I've got no idea how long it will take me. 
you know, how much rest I'll need between stations. Uh, yeah, I just want to finish. That's, you know, that's, I mean, and the great thing about High Rocks, you know, unlike other, some other events is there's no cutoff time. Oh, um, you know, so a lot of events, they do have a cutoff time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they will hang around for you until you finish. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe waiting a while. Um, but yes, it's just about getting through it. Oh, that's awesome. So have you found, like, also you, you've now kind of trained as a coach. Are you kind of finding the link between your, your own experience and the coaching side of it, like, linked together and kind of helping that um, area of interest of yours? Well, you know, so my main priority now is coaching, so professional coaching. So this isn't, you know, this isn't sports coaching. This is, you know, people often call it life coaching. But the coaching that I've been doing... Um, mainly career coaching you know invariably wellness and health come into it you know so you know people come to sessions feeling very stressed um, you know so a lot of you know there is an always an element of health and wellness coaching um, so yes I think you know one of the things I've been sort of toying with you know is is wellness for leaders um, mm. because you know that they can be particularly stressed and um even though you know majority of ceos are all running marathons ultra marathons and doing you know wonderful things um but a lot of um, other leaders not so much so so um yeah so yeah it's it's, it's forever evolving really mm. uh, but you know you know i just you know i have to, i do have my own uh website um 60 is the new 60 um, and on that, I, I, I do blog a lot about fitness and my own fitness um, journey, my own fitness challenges, um, because a bit, there's been a few. Um, yeah, so I just really enjoy it. Oh, that's the most, it's really, it, I think that's the most important thing, isn't it? It's about finding something that you enjoy, because otherwise, if you don't enjoy it, it becomes a bit of a chore. And I know there are days when I get up and I think I can't be bothered to go to the gym or I can't be bothered to go for the to run. But sometimes those are the best runs or workouts that I've had. It's like, oh my God, I'm so glad I've done that. It just, it's not just obviously the physical benefit, that it's just the mental, the aspect as well, that you just suddenly get all these endorphins and it's just that really nice feeling that, you know, you wish you could bottle and just take a little sip of it every now and again when you need that little bit of a pickup. I think, um, I think particularly with COVID, I think people are, there is a bit more of an understanding about like mental health, about fitness as well. Um, and the kind of, I think people are more aware of it than say they were kind of, 10, 15 years ago, when it's probably when someone went to the gym, it was more about the physical aspect of it, um, rather than kind of the, the mental advantages or benefits that exercise can have. Um, so going back to your um, midwifery, um, obviously there's, it's changed, I appreciate it's been probably been um, maybe some years it's changed a bit, but was there any after was there any kind of talk about like the fourth trimester, you know, like after having a baby, did people question about when they could get back to exercise or um, did you have any experience in that? Um, I mean, I trained as a midwife 40 years ago. So, you know, that's a long time ago. And certainly my training then, it wasn't touched upon, you know, and I think, you know, I think the NHS, you know, doesn't focus on on exercise or nutrition um don't think it's got time to now unfortunately yeah um so there is you know it is it is lacking 
you know, I think often often people have to go somewhere else to get that advice. Um, yeah, and sometimes that somewhere else is not always like Google. Don't get me wrong; it has a very, you know, it has its place. But I think it's it can be so bombarded with information, particularly when it comes about fitness and nutrition, and obviously not always right. Um, but it, I think people are quite, it can be quite, quite overwhelmed for people that haven't necessarily like trained or don't really know where to kind of start, I suppose. Um, it's in, I think it's interesting that the, I think you're right, you know, there maybe is an area, but I think there's so, the NHS is under so much pressure as well that I, do, I think you're right. I don't really know when or how that could kind of like happen really. Um, but it was quite interesting to what you were saying about once you had open heart surgery, there was like that big push to kind of get you back into kind of exercise I mean I think I think any condition where you know they 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 view that exercise is crucial so you know like your hip replacement you know your heart so you know so you go and see the physio but those physios are under a lot of pressure um so I mean just one of the things that happened to me was you know when you go into hospital to have your open heart surgery you get told that you'll be seen by the physio uh, on day two or day three well day two and take day three came round uh, and I you know I said I hadn't seen the physio and they just laughed at me <laughs> you know, I said, well, no you won't you know you won't um because you know if the you know you'd need a physio if you physically couldn't get out of bed yourself right um, of course I could um you know I still had a lot of the fitness that I you know before my, my surgery um you know, they were like gold dust. I didn't see a physio all the time I was in hospital. Mm. Um, it's often, it's the physios that do the cardiac rehab, you know, the exercises for your, your you know, your hip replacement. Um, I think, you know, doctors, nurses, midwives have very little training um, in, in other forms of exercise. Mm. I guess sure. it's it's, it's sad, isn't it? Because, you know, I think if there was more preventative health yeah. going on, then maybe we wouldn't, we wouldn't, we wouldn't see it, the things that are going on in the health service now, particularly around obesity mm. and, you know, and lifestyle choices. But, yeah. you know, we are where we are, aren't we, unfortunately? And I do, you know, I do, I do worry, you know, that, with the cost of living um, crisis, you know, the pressures on people's budgets, that the first thing that will go is gym membership or, you know, or, or membership of any sort of fitness um, establishment. So, you know, I think that's a bit of a concern mm. and, and, and everything that that brings. Mm. It's, um, yeah, it's an interesting topic. And I think, I don't think there really is a bit, of, I think there's a lot of people working together. I don't think it's just one thing that's going to make a change and um, I think as well a lot of it you know there are I think people adapt I think people adapted during Covid didn't it when then when gyms were shut um, and I think it made people realise maybe they don't have to spend like hours in the gym they can spend um, you know a decent amount like half an hour but still get a quality workout because I think it was going back to what you were saying about when you started you know I think people do get a bit lost in that gym journey that fitness journey and they reach that plateau and then they don't really know how to then progress over to overload to then improve fitness. And some people don't like that feeling either. Where I think for you and me, I like that feeling that that workout that you've had the next day. And you think, oh god, yeah, that that hurts. I like 
it's not hurt obviously it's got it's discomfort rather than pain but you know you've had that good workout where some people can be put off by that as well I think um particularly as well as as soon as I remember when I was a um like started out in the, gym, the industry like as soon as you mentioned particularly to a woman oh, I'm going to put weights into your program the face just their face just dropped and it was like oh no no I don't want to be big and it's like no no you won't be but it's so important um you could but I think that's changed I think you see a lot more women now in the, the weights area of a gym which I think is amazing um and the benefits have been really pushed as to why people should be like lifting the weight as well as doing the cardio as well um, and the combination so what do you think's next for you then on your fitness journey after you've done your event in November well I'm hoping that I will love it so much that I will want to go back next year and improve my time yeah um, so, that, <laughs> so um yeah so that's what I'm hoping for um the other thing that I'm you know I'm after is um I've got to 115 kg deadlift so um, I'm chasing down 120 kg deadlift. Um, so it's just those, you know, I'm, I feel as if, you know, though I'm, 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 complete, I'm training for this event, in the gym, I'm always chasing things down. You know, I think, you know, that's really important not to stay the same. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I think, you know, I think I'd like to use an analogy. You know, if you, if, if you spent a lot of time maybe gardening, okay then maybe when you first start gardening you may do two hours of digging and that's your lot but over time you may increase that to three or four hours because you can you know it's not having the same effect on your body and I think you know that's a good um, description of progressive overload that you can you know you can push your body that bit further and it just you know it feels you know it doesn't feel as uncomfortable uh, and you have to try and replicate that in the gym, which can sometimes be difficult and people feel uncomfortable. Um, you would never stay, you know, if you were gardening and two hours just felt so easy, you'd never think, well, that's my lot and go back in. You would you'd carry on, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we, ha we have to try and replicate what you do in the gym in terms of what you would be doing if you had a very active life outside. Um, so... Yeah, you know, I think progressive overload. If that, if you want to stay, you know, if you want to um, ward off the effects of aging, then that's you know that's what you need to be looking at. Oh, that's such a lovely way to end the uh, the, the podcast and the episode. Thank you so much for talking to me. Um, your experience of your fitness journey is amazing, and I'm so glad that you've been able to share it with me on my podcast. So thank you. Been a pleasure. <laughs>